everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are here again this week to do a little Veronica questioning and do a little pet catch-up. Um, I do have a very quick story. Um, I have six kittens that were born in my home um, about five years ago in 2017, so I still have them. And the two young, there's four boys and two girls, and the two girls look like twins. And about a week and a half ago, I'm sitting on my couch, and all of a sudden, I, this young cat, girl cat named Susie, she goes by me, and she's got one paw curled up under her limping. And I'm going, oh, great. You know, so I go over, and I examine the paw. She won't let me touch it. Um, and, of course, this was on a weekend. This was on a Sunday afternoon. It always happens on that weekend. And so my regular vets weren't open. I wasn't really going to want to go to the emergency vet because they want my firstborn child, and I don't have one. So, it, you know, I'm like, oh, God. So I started looking on the Internet for regular vets close to me that were in my area. I found one up in Palmdale, which is about a 40-minute drive north of me. But if, by the time I drive around in Los Angeles, it, it takes you 40 minutes to go down the street sometimes. And I called them, and I said, hey, are you open on Sundays? Yes, we're open seven days a week, eight in the morning to eight at night. And I'm like, well, I said, you know, is there any possibility I can get an appointment? Yes, you can. So I got an appointment, drove up there, and I thought maybe she had stepped on a piece of glass. We didn't know. So they did an x-ray and everything, and they found out that she had probably stepped on something, but there wasn't anything in it. And I had to give her what they did was they went in and cleaned it all up, and they stitched it together. There was like a little hole in her paw. That's what she was, you know, limping about. And... They stitched it up. I brought her home. I've been giving her the meds, and she's all better. But, boy, she is a drama queen. She still, you know, she limped around even after I took her back for a recheck, and he said she shouldn't be limping. So he went through and x-rayed her again, and he goes, he said, I think you got a little bit of a drama queen on your hand, but let's watch her close. <laughs> I said, okay. So look around because there are veterinarians that are open this is all guys open seven days a week, eight in the morning to eight at night. And it's like they got a, they even have something for exotic pets. I could take my tortoises up there. So it's a huge relief not to have to go and give $2,500 for fluids overnight. Like I remember I told you guys about a um, little bit. They wanted to keep her overnight in one of these places for $2,500 to give her fluids and watch her. So that wasn't happening. So anyways, it's, Always make sure you do a lot of research and maybe be willing to take a little bit of a drive. This vet is cheaper, he's excellent, and the availability is off the chart. I mean, I got in there on a Sunday afternoon, which none of the other vets that I know of are open on Sunday afternoons, especially in the Los Angeles area. So this was about 40 minutes north, but I took her. She's better. She's what didn't speak to me for about three days because I had to put amoxicillin down her throat. And she wasn't pleased about that, but she I had to make her do it because this, you know, in a paw, he said the problem is with the paw that they step into a litter box, and if it's an open wound, you know, stuff can get in there that's not good. So he, I also bought, a friend of mine told me about this um, wound spray, and she said I would spray it on her paw every morning, noon, and night because if she steps into the litter and she steps on a piece of poop, she could get, you know, infection. So I've been doing that, and she's gotten used to that, but she's not pleased about that either. But tomorrow's the last day, 
I'm taking her back tomorrow to see um, how she's doing and everything, but she's not limping anymore. And her name is Susie Q, and it was her first foray to the vet other than getting fixed. So I'm paying for it because she wants all this extra attention. But, you know, that's what they're here for, and that's why you have them. So anyway, Tony, how's everything yeah. going over in Maine? Things are good. Uh, just took the kids in to Super Dogs. Um, they have uh, self-wash for the dogs. And as the only way I can give them a bath is if I put them in the high tub and I do it myself. So right now I'm sitting in the car uh, looking at the ocean. Um, Duke is in the back. I have to take one at a time. And we're doing the show with you. Woohoo! Ooh, I know. Guinness sends his love. Guinness sends his love. Who, by oh, the way, is having a really good experience right now. He's going to be 19 at the end of this month. I think that's great. Great. Wonderful. He, we've got a program in place. He's alert. He doesn't see well. He doesn't see out of that one eye. And he doesn't hear very well. But... We've developed a way of communicating that I kind of guide him with my foot a little bit. Like it's not a kick, you know, it's not a pushing, but I just if he starts to go the wrong way, I just stick my foot forward a little bit and guide him to where he needs to go. His biggest problem is that he forgets what he's doing, but he's having a good quality of life. He wakes up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, wants to go out, do his sniff, sniff, sniff. Comes in, takes his meds like a champ. It's just a beautiful thing to see. He's having a good geriatric participation in life right now. That, like last year at this time, I'm hoping he makes it to Christmas again. And, I, and my veterinarian says, I think this dog's going to live till 30 by the time you get done with him, April. I said, Well, I, you know, I'm very much with the protocol and. He's with me constantly. He's at my feet right now. And I, I'm thinking I might make it to Christmas, Tony. I might make I, it. I know. I know. He's a tough little guy. Well, you t- you send him my love. Give him I a big will. Kiss. He, he, he is just hysterical, and he's still hurting the cats. He still yells at them. He's still, you know, disciplining everybody. He's still Guinness. That's great. That and is- I give him this gray muzzle stuff. It's called gray muzzle, and it's for the brain. It's got, like, fish oil in it and things that help, natural things that help activate the brain. I also give him total every day a teaspoon of coconut oil, half in the morning, half at night with his food. He's not doing as badly with the forgetting. Now, he still has his moments, but he was starting to get to the point where he was making circles, and I and I knew that was like okay, this is the next level, and I don't want this happening. I loaded up on the coconut oil. Two weeks later, he's not circling anymore, and he's also listening to me and taking commands. Good. He's he's back a little. I pulled him back from the hairy edge just a little bit. That's so great. I'm you know it's a lot of work, but you know me, I don't care. I know. I understand. Yeah, you do the same thing. We're people out there. Oh. We're just we're two crazy dog cat ladies. That's who we oh, are. I know. <laughs> I know. I get it. 
We are. Yeah. So anyways, everybody keep your fingers crossed. Say to the universe, let Guinness be here for Christmas. That's my new goal. And the way things are right now, I think I just might make it. So I'm excited. So I'm going to go get Veronica. All right. And I'm going to talk to your audience. All right. (laughs) All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Um, As I said, I am sitting at the beach right now, but I'm in the car in the parking lot. Um, I wasn't going to make it home in time to do the show from there. So, got great questions. I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Susan. Do people who have deep priority life connections reach out to each other without being consciously aware of it? Of course. A lot of times when you're in the linear, especially with individuals that you've incarnated with over and over, like your cadre, or perhaps that special person that you are connected with, or one of them, you may not know, you may not be educated or have an awareness of past lives, future lives, on the multi-dimensional moments of being incarnate and not incarnate. Um, you may not be aware of it, but that doesn't mean that your higher self and your soul is not aware of it. And oftentimes in an energetic way, the soul will recognize a person sitting across from you. And you may look at that person and go, gee, I feel like I know them. And you do, but maybe not in this linear reality. So you may not be consciously creating that moment, but unconsciously in the linear and very consciously in the nonlinear, you are. It happens all the time. And knowing somebody from life to life to life, there is a deep knowing of awareness when you encounter one of those that you can't deny. Now, a lot of people go, oh, well, it's deja vu. Oh, he reminds me of a girlfriend I used to have when I was 20. It's 99.9% of the time a past life moment where you maybe have had something like this. And, And oftentimes it is positive. But there are also times where you meet someone and go, ooh, I don't like this person. And there's no reason not to like the person. They haven't said anything, done anything, participated with you in any way, shape, or form where you're going to feel that there's negativity from them. And all of you, we guarantee, have met someone where you look at them and go, ew, I don't want to know this person. I feel uncomfortable around this person. That is usually when somebody is participating with you again and maybe have a negative moment attached to it or you have a sense memory of something they did to you or you did to them in another lifetime. So, yes, the connections are there and they're very predominant. But if you're not aware of how the mechanics of reality works, then you may not recognize it. All of you, whether you are in it or out of it, have those moments where you meet someone and you either really, really like them for some reason or you really don't like them for some reason. And and you go through that mental process of, 
why don't I like this person? Hmm. So, yes, Susan, it is something that happens. All right, our next question is coming from Julie. If there are parallel lives, is one life the main life, which others are an offshoot? How do I know if this is my main life? That's a little bit difficult to determine, but you have to remember that a parallel life is exactly like the life you're having. You're still like if you're married, you're still going to be married in all your parallel lives and still go through the basics of the life that your main life is living, only you participate in different choices. So if you really need to know that, you can probably do a meditation or something and get some intuitive moments from it. But the main life is where the offshoots come from. And even if you're participating in the offshoot, it's still you. It's not a different person or a different energy. It's still you participating, only making different choices. So even if you're not really focused in on what the main life is, the whole thing is your main life. With It's like a prism, P-R-I-S-M, where the light reflects and it goes off in all different directions, different colors and different movement, but it's still the prism with the light shining through it. And that is pretty much the way your incarnations are. It's still you and all the different aspects of the light shining on it where you're making different choices provides the opportunity to have a full, full experience when you are incarnate. All right, our next parry. If we are born prematurely, do our guides come in early as well to help us survive? Absolutely, yes. A guide will is with you as soon as there is awareness in the womb. And awareness in the womb begins right at the beginning. The awareness becomes more expansive as the, what do they call that, the seed develops. But if you have some sort of problem, or let's say you can't stay in the womb long enough, and on an energetic level you know you want to live that life, guides will come in. The guy that probably is going to take you through the whole life will come there and hold your hand and help you balance, more importantly, energetically. So, yes, guides guides come in as soon as you have your first small moment of awareness. They're there. And a lot of them show up even before conception because they know it's coming. So your guides should be appreciated more because your guides are 100% focused on you. And everyone knows that being paid attention to on any level is very nurturing and wonderful for any individual, whether incarnate or not incarnate. Tension that you get from your guide is probably one of the most nurturing things you'll experience in the land. All right. Our next question is coming down. When we incarnate, can we pick what our talents would be? like a singer or a musical instrument player? Yes. When an individual incarnate or a soul incarnates, and starting at the very beginning, let's say your first couple of incarnations, those usually include learning how to maneuver through the reality, learning how to 
participate in a more thick, dense reality. You also, when you're a very young soul, decide what is attracting you to the physical reality. You decide what's the most important thing you wish to do in a very dense reality. You have those ideas when you come in. It may be a singer. It may be a dancer. It may be a piano player. It may be any. It, there's a thousand different talents coming in that people have. You can choose them. However, there are also moments where you just innately have a propensity towards something. It could be you're an excellent math student, or maybe it's you really have a way with remembering dates and places. All of those things are talents. And some would argue in the nonlinear that being a math whiz is just as important as being a concert singer. It all depends on where your focus is. But you do, in your reincarnational process, let's say you started out 100 or so lives ago playing a harpsichord in 15, you know, 1590, and you liked it, and you wanted to do more, but then maybe you died out in that particular lifetime, but you kept it in your mind, that harpsichord. So the next time you incarnated, it was developed into a piano, and you went forward again. You said, oh, I really like this. The momentum of your talent for that as you practice it from young soul to older soul can be accelerated and something that you look forward to. Say, oh, I remember the last time I came in, I played the piano, and boy, was it great. I want to do it again this time. I I want to create that. And you do. You'll find some way to create the opportunity. And let's say also everyone has known about prodigies. There's constantly video and participation in photos. Let's say it's a four-year-old boy who comes out and plays like Beethoven. He's four years old. And you say, my God, this, this child's a prodigy. What it actually may be is an old soul who has come time and time again and played the piano, comes in and remembers the knowledge. So when he sits down when he's four years old, to play, you know, mom and dad were giving him piano lessons, and he sits down to play and blows the, the piano teacher away because he, he's learning so fast and learning at a, such a rapid pace that the teacher can hardly keep up with it. He already knows it. He's not learning it then. He's remembering it. And that's always a very interesting thing, and we know all of you are aware of those prodigies. And it's not just piano. I mean, there's thousands of other instruments and things that the very young incarnates start to demonstrate at a very young age. Not that they're a prodigy, it's that they're remembering. Because they're not learning, they're remembering. And we think it's a very classical example of past lives and how you evolve through your incarnation. Okay, Veronica, if you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. Well, everyone, again, great show. And um, I encourage you to write in, don't be shy, to innerwhispersradio.com and um, whatever's on your mind. We'll try to get it on the air. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. The beautiful day has begun. 
Now, we realize that some of you might be up to your knees in mud. Some of you might be desperate. Some of you might not feel good. Some of you may say, what's the point of all this? But we would beseech you to maybe even in having those thoughts and having those perspectives, to take a moment and enjoy the simpler things. You've got to find some enjoyment in the simple things. Every day, find one thing that is comfortable, that when you look at it, you smile. And it could be petting your cat. Do it. You have to find linear reality, especially when it's as thick and dense as it is right now. You've got to find those small little pockets of beauty and engage them. What's going on in your culture and reality is causing great imbalance in all of your energies. You need to manually balance it out because the way the energy is on the planet at the moment, it's a bit lopsided itself. So all of you should make a practice of centering and balancing as often as you can during the day. It doesn't take hours to do. You don't have to do the own thing over and over. But you do take maybe five minutes. When you sit by yourself and you shut your eyes and you say, ah, I'm calming myself. I am centering myself. And even though I feel incredibly unbalanced right now, I'm going to try to balance my energy out as best I can. It is difficult times. But it doesn't have to be difficult on a personal level if you work with your own energy. So give yourself an extra 10 minutes in the morning and give yourself an extra 10 minutes at night where you focus intently upon balancing your own energy and now taking that balanced energy and participating in a very unbalanced way. Do it manually. It was designed for it to happen automatically, but sometimes things get glitches in them, and sometimes things are not working properly. So that's when an incarnate has to take the reins and say, I'm going to balance myself. I'm going to create an atmosphere that's comfortable for me. Even if it's a small little space, I'm going to do it. Because no incarnate does a good job when they're unbalanced in the linear. Nothing happens good when it's imbalanced in the linear for the incarnate. You can't depend upon the worldview to balance it for you. But you can depend upon yourself. And you can depend upon your guides. And most importantly, you can depend upon your soul. Allow it to help you. Say out loud, I'm feeling really unbalanced and incredibly shaky today. Sit with your soul for a minute or two. And say, I need help. I need help to balance. Take a walk. Smell a flower. Watch two squirrels argue over a walnut. Those things will help you settle and help you rebalance yourself. And yeah, sometimes you've got to do it manually in the linear. But it's not going to be terrible. We think you'll be able to do it. And we do think that eventually the world 
energy will follow suit. So if you all work on your own individual balance, it will trickle in to the bigger picture and perhaps remedy that as well. It's worth a try. All right. Thank you, Veronica. It's always a great message, and I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today, and we'll be back with you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.